going on, guys? Welcome to another podcast here with Driven2. And today we have, as always, we have very special guests on these podcasts, but we have a very special guest who goes back, I'm going to say, what, 10 plus years at this point? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so 10 plus years. I met him also through the car community. I don't even really recall how. Maybe we'll get into that in a second. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Ahmad. Hey, everyone. Hey, Driven2 family. How's it going today? We're waiting for you guys to reply. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So you know what? Let's just get right into it. Okay. Mm. You know, these podcasts are laid back. We don't need to get all professional and stuff. Um, do you recall how we met? Um, I think throwing it back, we were we're talking about cars. We had the E36 with the Racket Club. We had the Slam District. We were linking up on a photo shoot with uh, Simpson, yeah, Emmanuel, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so we got together one afternoon and we kicked it, and it was a vibe, and we just kept it going after that. Nuts, that's right. Yeah, and Racket Club. Shout out Ben Namitz. Mm, um, ben. Remember Ben? Mm-hmm. Our, our Ukrainian slash Russian <laughs> friends. Yeah, I unfortunately think Racket Club died, but mm. um, that would also bring us to then the club if you want to call it that, that you started back in the day, which I'm really hoping you bring back eventually, mm. and that's Slam District. So when I had Andrew on, um, he brought it up, and I totally forgot to talk about it. So mm -hmm. now's the perfect time. Go ahead and tell everyone, what was Slam District? So Slam District was a car club organization where our goal was to always do mega events, dope events, something different than what the community has seen with a greater cause. So, like, we started it with a bunch of us young guys in the garage, and we were just working, working towards getting some cool cars, modding them, making them, like, the best of the best, pushing that standard. Um, I remember we went to, like, all the big top shows, Stance Nations, and we got featured on all these cool pages, and it just kept getting better and better. So when we started to do our shows, it um, we did a... Toys for Tots event. We did a Cars for Cancer drive. That was that was amazing. One of our good buddies, oh, um, Alex. Alex. Yeah, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. We had a, a wonderful show with him, and uh, I remember like yesterday, we designed some cool shirts, and we were selling it just just to to contribute in any way. So we made a whole culture vibe off of that. That was yeah, really cool. So. Yeah, I can't believe that. I forgot that you actually threw that. That uh, And I'll throw up some pics right now, guys, of that. That was back when I had an E36 M3. Mm, yep. And uh, did you bring the RX-7? or the It was 4th of July. We had the uh, white, red, and blue RX-7. That's right. Iconic. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, that's a little bit on Slam District. And, and let's also talk about the cars that you started building back then when you started Slam District. Because I can tell you right now with confidence, I'm pretty sure you had one of the most viral slash, like, well done S2000s to do it at the beginning. Over the years, obviously, a lot of people started to build them and do crazy stuff. But you, I feel like you were probably one of the first people to actually lay frame with S2000. Didn't you cut into the frame to sit? So quick story. Um, I was in New York. My great friend, good buddy, uh, John Inshallah, J6 Garage, he he was like, uh, why don't you bring the S2000 up? We'll, we'll put it on airbags. And I was like, for real? He's like, yeah. I'll get it here tomorrow. I was like, no. He books the, the transporter, gets it over there. We bring it out, notch the frame, uh, goes viral across all the pages with the fenders off, became a trend. Mm -hmm. We started a trend. Mm -hmm. Who did it better kind of thing back and forth. 
uh, brought the car back over here. And then um, I remember Clay had just done the wide body for me. And we we started to hit it everywhere. We went to like um, Canopy, Stance Nation, all the cool events. And yeah, it was recognized as the lowest uh, body laying frame S2000 in the world. Yeah. And what year was that? That was... Mm, that was like 2013, 14, 15 era. It was, yeah. Nice. So that was a cool build. Uh, long process. Very important part of my life. I mean, it did build me up, made me raise the standards a lot, and, and feel good about it. It was fun. And the best part is you still have that car. I still have that car. Yeah, so <laughs> the video that goes with this podcast is actually going to be shot with that S2000 that in my book is honestly an iconic car back in like the stance community uh, originally. So check that video out, which we'll be making shortly after this podcast. Um, but yeah, then moving on from that S2000, you also got a red uh, RX-7 FD, right? So the the Red FD RX-7, um, another cool story on that one. It's like, you know, these things just s somehow fall into my lap. I was leaving the neighborhood, um, cutting here, cutting here in the garage on a Friday. I saw the car underneath the cover. I thought it was a Corvette. I said, uh, you know, told my friend Andrew, I said, I'm going to approach the owner, try to figure out what's, what's underneath the cover. And... What do you know? The guy pulls the cover off later on that day, and it was an RX-7. So I'm like, whoa, those are rare. They're they're exclusive. I want to see if he's going to sell it. And um, we made a deal. We bought it, pushed it from the front of the neighborhood to the back. Nice. Um, and that was a whole build. Rebuilt the motor, got it running, enjoyed it. Took it to a couple shows. You and I, we went out I to Tampa a few times. Yep. Um, I still own it. It's in New York. It's, it's with my friend John right now, J6. And um, I, I I was starting to go with a full build on that. And the parts are so expensive right now. Literally, it was cheaper to buy a whole car. <laughs> <laughs> so in the process, I picked up a uh, white 95 right-hand drive RX-7. So that's how you got that one. Okay, I was mm -hmm. wondering what the, the deal was with that. Mm, so probably transfer some parts and focus to build on the white one. So it'll be like a, the, so you're going to make the red one a donor car and then put the parts from that to the white one? Uh, Not everything. I want to keep the red stock, nice clean stock, like a, a symbolic iconic car. And then the white one more like tastefully modded, like how Got we do. It. Okay. So you're definitely going to keep both though. You're not just like junking one after. Not junking, but it maybe, maybe for sale. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, that would be <laughs> sick if I bought that because I, not really ever owned any sick JDM cars. Mm. So You've always had nice Beamers. It's been, yeah, BMWs before that, Audi before that, Volkswagen, the usual Euro All trajectory, the, mm, right? Mm, Nexus, mm, Porsche, and mm. then so on. Um, but okay, so RX-7, and, uh, and then that was around the time when I think I moved to San Diego shortly after that, because then I, I don't recall kind of keeping up with your, your car builds and whatnot. So then you, you moved to... Uh, a g-wagon you bought a g-wagon as well so yeah i was um i i had the cars those were fun those were in my younger years going through college and that's exactly what i wanted it had it helped me to like achieve more it was like uh, a sense of accomplishment i was cutting here from cutting here i always wanted to uh, enter into real estate and um you know from a young age i always wanted to like set the bar higher for myself so 
I was looking between the Porsche GT3 RS. I remember I was driving them and testing them out and very close to wanting to get one. Um, how attainable was it at that time? I don't know. But in my mind, it was like already there. So I was driving the GT3. And then right after I drove the GT3 RS. And the difference is so great. It's like you cannot compare both cars together. Phenomenal. I mean, the GT3 RS hugs the turns, hugs the curves, really just goes whole monster. Um, I think a car's a car run, a car rally that you and I went to one time. They had a guy with a white GT3 RS. I don't know if you recall. There was a bunch of Lambos and then him. It was at the uh, gas station in Claremont. Yeah, kind of ringing a bell. That's the car. So I drove that car. Literally, I I thought about it. And um, right after, I went to Mercedes. <laughs> I went to Mercedes. I went to compare. They had the AMG GT. They had the G63 AMG. And at the time, the G63 was a, a more logical thing to do because getting into real estate, it gives you that perception, that image, and helps clients uh, instill trust and show a sense of accomplishment. So um, I had a great guy over there. He said, look, dude, just just put a deposit. If you don't want it, I'll refund you. I was like, can you do that? He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just if you don't want it, I'll refund you. You'll sell it the next day. You'll make some money, but just do it. Whatever you do, just do it. So something told me it was a better choice at that time, and I listened, and I did so. Waited 18 months for that thing. That w- and what year was that? Because I know that was well before the car market blew up, so you bought at a killer that time. That was in 19, I yep. would say, 2019. Insane. I had put it down. I literally, at the time, I wasn't doing a lot of deals, but I was. I always had like this growth mindset, like one day I'll do so, one day I'll do so, just keep doing it and trust the process. So in in return... I come back from like New York and um, I get a, a, a call from my strange number. The lady's like, hey, your car is here. And I was like, my car is here. What car? I don't know. What car? Like it's been so long. I didn't think it was happening anymore. Yeah. And the car market was blowing up at that time too. And she sends me the pictures. And I was like, my car is here. <laughs> it's here. <laughs> I said, okay, give me, give me a few days, a day or two. Let me get myself prepared and I'll come over there. Normally you'd be excited. Right. But I was like. I was like, not intimidated, but like, yeah, I was like, dude, now it's here. Like I have to literally, I committed and now it's time to execute. And so I went over there and um, I've been working for that for the last two years. So it was cool once I got there and being able to drive off with it and enjoy it and so on and so forth. Did they raise the price on you when you bought it? No, no, they they locked me in. I got so lucky. Lucky. Mm Because you know how many stories there are about people who lock in a car and then you know a couple months later even they're like oh, okay it's actually gonna be 40k more than what we told you yeah so no those they were selling i remember the minimal over was 25k 30 40k but i i got i got nice, super dude. lucky yeah on that so one. yeah funny enough we were supposed to well i was planning on having us shoot with the g-wagon as well and you sold that car what like a week ago i just sold it yeah we just sold it a week ago um the value was great you know it's like a came up so much it just made a lot of sense and the way everything is i just wanted to kind of liquidate and start over yeah again hey i mean obviously i'm sure you got a killer Mm. killer sell on it so i would do the same thing Mm -hmm. and now i miss it i bet you do (laughs) but now as we talked about gt3 rs might be in the gt3 rs is something that yeah i would definitely want to go and get um these days i do like the ferraris which one um 
the other day I drove the 296 and it has everything the GT3 RS had mm. and more. Technologically, it's it's there, everything, it's it's, it's nice. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not a great car because, mm. of course, I, I'd be all over it too. But I'll tell you what, from what I've been hearing nonstop lately, funny enough, is the Porsche community as a whole is one of the best car communities there is. I, I just... From my understanding, not owning a Porsche, yeah. uh, you know, people say like the, the Porsche people, people, owners, Porsche owners uh, are some of the most like just down to earth, genuine car enthusiasts and actually purists for the most part too. not just here to be flashy and mm-hmm. say, hey, I drive a Ferrari, I drive a Lambo. They actually enjoy driving cars. Right. And I feel like you're on that level of like you don't just get a car to show off. You get a car to actually enjoy what it's meant for. I love to drive so, the cars. I love to handle them and, yeah. and accelerate, but Porsche, Porsche is I think top notch in a driver's car. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's either either choice you make, I'm sure is going to be incredible. But the, uh, the, the thought behind the Ferrari is that um, it's like the guy explained it in a way where sometimes it just makes a lot of sense. He's like, you buy into Ferrari, it's like buying into Rolex, and you're buying to a community. And I said, okay, that makes sense. So. In a business standpoint, it made a lot of sense to do that because of the exposure. And so I was thinking about that. But again, for Porsche has always been my number one just because yeah. the, the, the timeless designs they, they choose and and all that they have to offer. I get that reasoning too, though. I, I definitely do. Uh, so let's back up a little bit now too because we've kind of gone down the timeline of your cars, right? Mm-hmm. So this is present day, guys. He's sold the G-Wagon. He still has the uh, two FDRX7s. He has the S2000. You have anything else? No, that's it for now, yeah. Um, and in terms of business, so when I originally met you, you were cutting hair, and you said one of your goals or aspirations and dreams was to ultimately open up a barbershop, correct? Yeah. And congrats, you did that, man. I mean, not even, I think, two years into knowing you, you opened up a super dope barbershop in Winter Garden for anyone that lives here in the Orlando, Florida area. Uh awesome little barber shop and i wanted to showcase that today too but go ahead and explain the come up and how you got the barber shop and where it is now and what's going on with it so pretty much um on the barber shop i remember we had moved from new york and it was hard to get a, a good haircut and so my my i had went to the barber my barber i remember that the, the prices had raised and everything was just it, it was not worth the value quality such like that it was tough times and such so i remember my um my mom she had gave my brother a haircut with some walmart machines and she did a great job so i said wow if she can do it i can do it and i like kind of compared it to art the barber told me like using the clippers is like using a pencil and tracing out and such like that so I remember really going all in on cutting hair, cutting my friends here. From one, it became 5, 10, 20, 50, 100. And um, I started in the garage with the cars, with the bar, with the barbering. Um, saved up a lot from the garage. Then code enforcement came, and they were like, you can't run a business out of your garage. Oh, wow. So you, you need to... You need to do something about this. It's, did a neighbor snitch on you? The neighbors did. They, 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 bastards. You should have gave them a haircut. <laughs> that's that's why they were like, "Why are all these people leaving with so good haircuts?" Or, you know, they run a business. So, I actually went to go to the barber shop that was down the block from me, and um, at first they didn't they didn't really like that I was doing this. So, 
I approached them and I started, they, they, they opened their shop, they opened the arms to me. I went there, worked for a bit. And my goal is always to open a barbershop. So in um, 2013, 2014, my aunt, who's just very close to me, like my second mom, she, she had gotten cancer. And that was the first time I've ever had someone close to me uh, have such thing happen to them. So she went literally from 200 pounds to 60 pounds. Oh, and wow. I, I couldn't concentrate. That was like what you would say a defining moment in life. So I evaluated everything I had going. And uh, I was a little torn, like I was, I wanted to do something greater for humanity, not just myself. Like at that point, I had the cars, I had saved up a lot with cutting hair, like I, I was going to, you know, I had my business goals, but it was like, what am I doing for others, not myself? Like these are selfish goals. And um, it caused me to think that I, I should pursue like medical, the medical field or like um, mm. do something greater just to help people. And especially with her case, so. Pretty much, um, she 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 would listen to me. I, I I promised her a bunch of goals, which was one opening a barbershop, and uh, you know she she ended up passing away. Sorry to hear that. I appreciate that. And so from that point on, it really motivated me to do d fulfill my promise. And so I opened the barbershop, and that was so beautiful. Uh, I realized that in life, you know, you have to do what you find true happiness in. And with because in any and every field there's there's someone successful in that field that makes it and ha makes the money that you're thinking yeah. about or or the the resources and influences so finally I opened the barbershop that was I mean great and great story I was looking for a spot for so long Alex and I remember I was uh, scouting on a Sunday and um, I found the place and literally called him up he didn't answer so I just go to my little corner and I, I made a, a little prayer. Oh, God, like, help me make it easy for me. It's a little tough right now. Just make it easy. I call him again after an hour or so. Like, just sin I was sincere about it. And um, he pulls up to the spot. He's like, I can meet you in five minutes. He pulls up and his license plate says, prayer changes everything. And I was like, hmm, this is, this is not a coincidence right now, you know. Mm -hmm. like, so we signed the lease, got the barbershop going. Through a, a bunch of car events there too. Super cool. Enjoyed those moments. Did some nice gatherings with friends and family. You were there. I think you came visited yep, us yep, yep. Uh, uh, when you were visiting back Orlando. So that was cool, and um, that was the barbershop. So yeah, we'll throw some pics up of that too because mm -hmm. you did a great job renovating it, and uh, you know it looked great. And why uh, I'm gonna say towards the end it looked perfect is because you just recently sold that as well just like the g-wagon yeah, correct yeah yeah so the barbershop it was something that i've always wanted to do and uh, i made it really throwback uh retro themed checkered floors 1920s 30s and 40s barber chairs the really sturdy ones and um just like a boutique shop is what i always wanted um i just sold it it made a lot of sense to to transition out of it i've it was my college passion hobby and it just comes to a point where you have to recognize when it's time to let go so it was finally the time to do that good for you man mm -hmm. and do you still have some of the barbers that you originally brought on working there uh, I, with the new I owner? did i yes yeah. the new owner will will take will will has has them working with them as well are you friends with the new owner by any chance is it like someone that you know it's actually the guy who used to work for me oh, and perfect. and That's so awesome. pretty much i told him like you know 
I, I would love to see you continuously win. And why not pass the opportunity on to someone that you know? That's great. So at least mm-hmm. you know it's in good hands because mm-hmm. I know it's tough when you build up a business and it's your baby essentially. And, and then you're, you know, it's like, yeah. like giving your baby up for adoption type <laughs> deal, right? It sure is. So, uh, thought about it for a long time. I bet man, mm-hmm. but congrats, seriously. It's, Thank it's incredible you. seeing, you know, my friends who I grew up with just shooting the shit and hanging out in parking garages, mm-hmm. you know, make it to something so incredible. Um, so yeah. Okay. You sold the barbershop and now you're fully transitioned into real estate, correct? Yeah. Okay, and and uh, what is your, let's say, three to five year plan with that? What's your ultimate goal? Because I know you're killing it in real estate. I've been following you on social media for years. You know, even when I live in San Diego, and I saw you just one after another, uh, killing it with selling homes, listing homes, and you've also been buying homes. Correct. You correct. have investment properties. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. You you go and find what fixer-uppers, gut them, redo them, and sell them? Pretty much. Uh, the cutting here was a supposed to be like a, a means to real estate, and I wanted to use that cash money to buy into it. And the market was really low back in 2012, 2013, 2014, so that's the time period where I was looking into it. Mm-hmm. But it's always scary to do something for the first time. So uh, my buddy who actually backed the S2000, John, I I remember I had just first found my first deal, which I had a mentor on. He guided me, which was very important in my life also. And in doing so, um, I couldn't put together the funds. So I was I was trying to figure out what to do. John's like, hey, you know, I have my life savings. Do you want it? I was like, "Uh, no. Like, why? why He's like, go ahead and take it. You know, we're boys. Like, trust me, it's okay." So he ends up sending me his life, his cash, and we close on the property. Um, I remember flipping that one. We got it for around seventy thousand back then. Today, you can't even get a condo for that <laughs> price. Can't even get a trailer for that. We flipped it over, probably one hundred and forty. I remember that was the first time I did it, and then so it was, it was really something that was, um, just nice. It's a great feeling to feel that you're successful in starting it. The first one's always the hardest. So, in doing so. I remember just um, just wanting to be better and better and better and like learning more and practicing and searching and building connections. So today I help other people by flipping properties, by learning, by showing them. Um, I personally flip. I have my my friends and family. I introduce them to it as well. And so it's it's a it's a great field. You know, it's it's all about numbers. It's all about resources. And uh, I, I continue, I, I see myself doing it. Do you think it's still in this current market um, a good lucrative business? Or is it, you know, something that has kind of switched over and it's so hard to come by a, a good deal these days? Well, good deals come by with great connections. Yeah. That's for sure. And yeah. then in this market, you know, it's been shifting. So it's still lucrative as long as you know your numbers. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. Like so maybe the profit margins aren't as high, but it's still, you know, whether you make 60,000 profit instead of 90,000 profit, it still pays off. Exactly. And um, I've, I've, it's, it's all about when you buy, when you, yeah. what you buy for. And so. then what about that, that first property that you bought for 70 K sold for around 140? How long did it take you to take that house from the condition it was in to redoing it, posting it up for sale and then selling it? 
So that one took, I would say, four months, five months. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, ever since past that point, I got in more uh, aggressive with it. I bought in the foreclosure auctions, which are headaches. I've bought fire damage properties. I've bought just about anything and tried it all. So to get my f- my my foot wet, exposure and stuff like that, um, it's 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 a different animal. That's, that's awesome, man. And so d- that's just what you're at this point going to continue doing. So keep building up m- uh, a bigger portfolio of, of properties then? Or? Um, my my future goal, my long-term goal of this is actually to enter into commercial and actually move away from residential and enter into commercial mixed-use, multifamily buildings, um, commercial strip plazas, things like that. Because those are more numbers focused as opposed to consumer based where you're looking at who's the homeowner going to be, what kind of finishes they like, what colors they wish for. That's more streamlined and you can kind of scale it a little and bit And you want to then also flip those or you want to buy them and essentially lease them out so then you have that consistent The flow. goal is to buy them, build them up, cash flow, and then sell them. Okay. So continuously okay. build them to a point and then sell them off to so someone it sounds else. like that's a very uh consistent trend in your life you <laughs> buy you sell you buy you sell you don't hold on to things very much s2000 is like a, a iconic a special thing because that's the only thing you've ever held on to in your life it seems yeah those were those were really important memories and um a lot of times like i, I wish to hold it all but it's only so much you can do with everything you know it's only so many cars you can drive at a time one and even though you have so many or or such like that so i i had to think about sacrificing these things now to build a better future later makes perfect sense mm-hmm. man i have to tell you what this po- i'm looking at the time this podcast we're 26 minutes in this is probably the most efficient podcast i think i've had so far we're, we're we've knocked out almost nice. everything i wanted to talk to you about <laughs> um we are going to be also in this video where we're taking his S2000 out, going to one of his investment properties uh, or his flip, and that I'm actually very excited to see. So once again, guys, make sure to check out those other videos that go with these podcasts, whether you're listening to the pod, watching the pod on YouTube, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to cover? Are you excited for the future then? what you know? Uh, very excited for the future. Everything, uh, each day is a new day to um, strive for more, I believe. So that's something that I live by. And then um, besides that, I think you and I, we spoke about like um, giving back. So a big goal of mine is to want to do good for the community and not just immediate community, but outside community. So overseas, places where, you know, they, they, they don't have resources such as something as simple as water and, and things like that. So I see myself... Um, entering more and more into that and trying to help out and and do a greater good for society and humanity incredible man and that's exactly why you fit the driven to uh realm you know that's my my motto that i want to create essentially after what drives you is driven to make a difference right i mean everyone can work hard become successful uh but the ultimate goal at the end of the day should be to make a difference and make the world a better place and i think the fact that you're thinking that big is cool too because you know, it's easy to get caught up in like the day to day grind and almost completely forget that more than half the world doesn't even have basic resources like water. Mm-hmm. We we go through these like it's nothing, At like ease. it's water, mm-hmm. right? And there's people that are 
I mean, that they don't even get one bottle a day. So, yeah, that good for you. I, I'm excited to see that. And when, when that time comes and you actually start doing that, I'd love to be a part of that journey and, and document it with you as well. I think that'd be great um, footage. Yeah, you come come you on board. We yeah, you deserve go, recognition. Go, I'd go, be happy to be part go of Go visit the, uh, the sites too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I think that wraps it up, dude. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, guys... If you're listening to this, obviously go ahead and follow the pod. If you are watching it on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, like, definitely comment. Uh, and I'm open to all comments, right? As long as it's constructive. If you think these pods need to be longer, shorter, certain topics, whatever it may be, I'm just starting out. I want to hear everyone's feedback. So um, thank you guys for watching. And uh, let's move on to the video and drive that S2000, man. Let's do it. Bye, guys.